The Tampa Bay Buccaneers wax the Philadelphia Eagles. Bills advance over the Steelers. The divisional round slate of games now set for round two of the NFL playoffs. And when did it all go bad for the Philadelphia Eagles? I think we might be able to pinpoint exactly when. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers. Your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Excuse me, at Crocky 209 now. Repping the 209 back in California. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Love all the everydayers. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Going to reference uh, maybe a little YouTube comment a little bit later in the show as well. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Whoo! Man, the San Francisco 49ers really did break the Philadelphia Eagles, didn't they? That That is not a good football team. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing on the sideline from coaching staff on down. They don't know what they're doing on the field. They can't make plays. They can't tackle. They can't cover. James Bradbury really is trash. Hey, man, we'll catch you on Sunday. And, man, uh, I, I can't wait to hear what they have to say about this football game with all the trash they talked leading up to 49ers, Eagles. 49ers handled their business against the Eagles and the Philadelphia Eagles have won one game since that Week 13 matchup, Croc. Just a, just a bad football team embarrassed in front of the nation on Monday Night Football in the opening round of the playoffs. Well, I can't imagine Philadelphia having too much to say ab- about this. And the 49ers, I think because they felt like they just knew they were better than the Eagles and that uh, kind of just who the Eagles were. I bet the 49ers don't have much to say about this. It's like kind of picking on your little brother. You know you can beat him in something. It's like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time talking about that or mentioning it. And I bet that's how the 49ers feel right now. So for them, all eyes are set on playing against, you know, a a, a solid football team in the Green Bay Packers. 32-9, the final is the Bucs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, the the 49ers don't need to say anything. In fact, our, our chat will pretty much speak for that right now. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of folks talking about the Philadelphia Eagles right now in our chat. And, uh, yeah, Hassan Reddick. A lot of boo-hoos last year, a lot of crying, a lot of what if, a lot of this, a lot of that. So, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's more important right now. Like, that stuff's fun for us to talk about, the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers, you, you, you're absolutely right. They are in it. They are game planning. They are getting ready for a Saturday game against the Green Bay Packers Saturday night. Um, Yeah, and you can tell the the loss of both offensive and defensive coordinators, LKV in the chat, shows that Gannon and Steichen carried Sirianni promoting the QB's buddy to OC never works. Um, Yeah, I think they were coached poorly on both sides of the ball. Didn't matter when they made the switch, a defensive coordinator either. And, uh, you know, the the two – there's still good personnel in that football team, Croc, too. The Eagles were just in shambles. And so I really do think it went down to a confidence that the 49ers just slapped right out of them. I think that was really what happened to the Eagles. I, I don't think 
it goes a lot further than that. They, they were not a confident football team and they have no answers and they didn't know how to fix things when they started to unravel. I also do want to give credit to, you know, Baker Mayfield. You know, he's playing well this year, and uh, he, I think he's earning himself a, a nice little contract come this offseason. Some of the throws to Mike Evans really early in this game, some drops and on some throws where I thought were like really good high location uh, throws for Baker Mayfield, and then eventually they started to connect a little bit more. Uh, he also had young receivers, Palmer, make some plays, uh, Godwin with the last touchdown, but um, really good job by Tampa Bay just really taking it to him. And then just the pass rush. I mean, I think, and I don't know if it's Philly just not having an answer. Is it Jalen Hurts not being able to process quick enough? But, man, whatever pressure Tampa was bringing for that game, that was really tough on Hurts and that Philadelphia Eagles offense. So, yeah, Philly definitely not what a lot of people expected them to be this year. But Tampa Bay, I think they did a really good job of really taking that game away from Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, huge. How many millions of dollars did Baker Mayfield make for himself in this game and this season, resurrecting his career? And it was maybe the only shot he had for a nice, clean starting position at quarterback this year. And there was even some questions coming into it. They were talking about uh, uh, Kyle Trask, right? Maybe a competition there. And Baker Mayfield said, no, this is not a competition. I'm an NFL starting quarterback. And he proved it. And he's going to make a lot of money probably because of that. So good on Baker Mayfield. And the Baker can play. He was Baker half wins in his career he, he was baker he, he got something to him right i mean just the way he's able to throw the ball just the arm talent for a guy who isn't like you know large in stature um he can put the ball wherever he he wants he has a really good arm a live arm as they, they would like to say uh he he does something he can make a play with his legs here and there he tried to do a little too much early in that game thinking he was i don't know prime johnny manzel at texas a&m but I don't know. There's something to Baker where, you know, 49ers not trying to look ahead, but if you have to play Baker in that Tampa team, again, 49ers shouldn't be like scared of any team in, in the NFC. I think they're, they're comfortable, you know, playing their game against any of them, but they're just some you know things to keep an eye on because they are playing some good football and Baker. Uh, you can see how he can kind of challenge different areas of the field uh, consistently and very well. Kim in the chat says Baker did change after playing in McVay's offense, more confidence. And I, I can, could I kind of forgot about that short stint for Baker Mayfield in Los Angeles with Sean McVay, and like is, is McVay that magic for you know half a season? Sprinkle a little magic dust on on Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, instilling confidence in the guy. However, he doesn't. It seems like everyone that you know goes to Los Angeles and McVay, you see, seems to get the best out of those guys. So uh, there might be some little fairy dust that he's sprinkling on these guys and and saying, "Hey, you are a good football player." And and uh, yeah, Baker went there, short stint there, and you know came in middle of the season, trying to make some things happen. But you see him kind of continuing that in Tampa Bay. And it feels like everybody kind of rallied and gotten behind him. So I'd, I'd expect him to be the long-term quarterback there for, for a few years for sure. We got to talk about uh, assistant coaches that could be on the move for the 49ers, as many as three that I know of and potentially more to be interviewed from Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff right now. 49ers already lost assistant GM Adam Peters. He's going to be the the head man in the front office of the New look Washington Commanders talk about all pros as well. Did the 49ers get snubbed on some all pros who made it, who didn't? And uh, real quick, though, looking at this divisional round, Croc, 
So the Buffalo Bills beat the Steelers to no one's surprise, 31-17. I think, yeah, you know, even with a just an awful Eagles performance, I think they're they're still a better team than the the Pittsburgh Steelers that were coming into this tournament here. Uh, and so when you look at the divisional round of playoffs, you got the 49ers on Saturday going in the primetime game. They're hosting the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk a ton about get that game this week. We can uh, bring up some stuff in the chat if you guys want to drop questions on that one. Um, the Houston Texans will be at the Ravens in the early game. It will be the Buccaneers on uh, that Saturday. And then on Sunday, the two games will be the Buccaneers early. That's uh, noon Pacific time at the Detroit Lions and then the Kansas City Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills, which should be a lot of fun there, 3.30 p.m. Sunday afternoon. Um, I'm pumped for that. And one of the things we saw in, I think, every single playoff game in the wild card round was the better quarterback won. Lions, Rams, that's debatable, but Goff did play really well. And so all of the quarterbacks for all eight of these teams are playing at a high level right now going into the second round of the playoffs. So you're saying Jordan Love, did he played better than Dak or he is better than Dak? I, if you said, okay, you can have one of them today, I would take Jordan Love. You're saying that today, but would you have said that prior to yesterday? Well, no, but I got new information. Okay. <laughs> old, old Dak came back and new Jordan Love is pretty good. And so with that new information, I'll take the younger guy who's currently playing better and doesn't have more around him to work with either. And so that you can't even point to that as being a reason Jordan Love is, is playing better unless you want to talk coaching. And, and that is a big possibility there. I have talked glowingly about Dak Prescott and just how well he has played outside of playing against the 49ers. 49ers Oh man, he does not play good. And then other teams, you know, you see MVP, you know, version of Dak Prescott. Uh, I will not say anything else positive about Dak Prescott after his playoff performance. Like I'm, uh, I'm dead. I already hate the Cowboys, but you know, I'm yeah. a football fan, so I like, you know, hey, let, you know, let's have real conversations about these guys. But that was a bad performance where I'm, I'm cutting off all conversations about Dak Prescott and any comparisons to anyone else in the league. Peter in the chat says remaining. NFC quarterback rankings. Number one, Purdy. Number two, Jordan Love. Number three, Jared Goff. Number four, Baker Mayfield. It's kind of hard to argue with that. I think the statistics would bear that out this year. Baker and Goff is pretty close. To be honest with you, they're all pretty close. And I know 49ers fans are going to fight for their guy. And I'm not going to fight against you saying Purdy's not the best quarterback. You look at how crazy his efficiency metrics were this year. It was unbelievable. But in the second half of the year, Jordan Love was starting to sneak up on some of those efficiency metrics. And, of course, has a lot less to work with. Uh, a, little more, a little more physicality to, to Jordan Love's game. But but Purdy was just amazing the way he was dealing this year. So I'm taking Purdy over all of them right now. But I think it's a pretty good list by Peter there. Really good list. No No complaints. Next, let's talk interviews. Who might the 49ers lose among assistant coaches this offseason? And a new name added to the list. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And when you talk about the new year, it's not that much different for your personal New Year's resolutions as it is for your businesses. New Year's resolution. At the start of a new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? And LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. It's no different than an NFL team. That's why 
LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And LinkedIn isn't just some other job board. We're talking about a vast network of a billion professionals at LinkedIn, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours at LinkedIn Jobs. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Steve Wilkes in demand. Uh, he's he's interviewed for a couple of jobs now. So let's go through the list. Clint Kubiak, the elder Kubiak son, Gary's oldest, interviewing for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator position. And Matt Harper. And I'm going to be honest. I, I talk about the San Francisco 49ers every stinking day, Croc. If you would have asked me yesterday, who is the 49ers assistant special teams coach? I don't think I would have been able to tell you. And that man is Matt Harper. Matt Harper getting some looks around the NFL. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, 49ers assistant special teams coach Matt Harper interviewed this weekend for the vacant Giants special teams coach job. Source said, a rising young coach, adds Ian Rappaport. A rising young coach. He's been with San Francisco since 2021. So there you go. Assistant special teams coach Matt Harper interviewing for some jobs. So that's a new name to the list. Yeah, shout out to my guy, uh, Matt Harper. I'm cool with his brother, Josh. So uh, Josh played Perfect at Fresno State. State. Yeah, has okay. some, has I didn't some, know that they were brothers. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. And, and Matt, uh, back in the day, played at San Francisco City College, went to Oregon. Uh, he played with my guy, Lavelle Hawkins. So Lavelle has had him on FaceTime sometimes. Nice. I was, you know, converse with him. And uh, funny, fun story, I guess, uh, between myself and Matt Harper, Back when he actually was a Philadelphia Eagles receiver coach, he was the receivers coach uh, for them. And I think that regime got fired. So then that was when he ended up coming over to the 49ers. And his dad played for the 49ers for a bunch of years. I believe he won a Super Bowl with the 49ers uh, in like the 80s and 90s or something like that. But um, he uh, uh, he had hit me and said, all right, Croc, you know, what do you think about these two receivers? And the receivers were – one, Jalen Rager. The other one, Justin Jefferson. This is when he was a Philadelphia Eagles receiver coach. So I watched him, sent him like detail. I sent him a detailed scouting report on, on, on both of the guys and talked about how, you know, Rager, I like him, you know, solid guy. But Justin Jefferson, if I were you guys, I would take Justin Jefferson if you guys were thinking about taking a receiver. And he didn't give me too much intel, just ask me what I thought about the two guys. And uh, they ended up taking Rager, and I think they wish they would have taken uh, Justin Jefferson at that time. you got to listen to Crocky. That's why you tune in to Peacock pre-draft and post-draft here on Locked On 49ers. So Matt Harper, a receiver. He, he, he actually mm -hmm. was a defensive back. Okay. And he did some defensive back side of things early on and then kind of transitioned over to the offensive side, which uh, they almost go hand in hand for the most part. A lot of times, like, you know, I can work with receivers because I understand how to attack defensive backs because I played the position. Yeah. And I think re receivers can probably work with defensive back stuff because they understand how to attack those guys and what makes them uncomfortable and whatnot. And they can teach how to combat that and what makes a receiver uh, a little bit more uh, uncomfortable with some of the things that DBs do. So they kind of go hand in hand. And if you study a little bit, you can kind of learn how to work both of those positions. And he's done both at the NFL level or at, you know, high levels. 
I was going to ask you then, since you guys are similar age, if you strapped him up when you were a DB and he was a wide receiver, if you ever crossed paths in that sort of a way. Never crossed paths with him. Crossed paths with a little brother doing workouts. And he got, uh, you know, we went back and forth, but he got me one time in the end zone. I remember that. Oh, man. Um, Steve Wilkes interviewing as well. Steve Wilkes interviewed virtually with the Falcons and the Chargers for their open head coaching jobs. So uh, 49ers defense coordinator Steve Wilkes, he's done. Uh, he's got some experience as a head coach. He's been an interim before. Um, you know, he's been a DB's coach. He's been a defense coordinator, obviously. He's coached in college, coached in the NFL, and he's been around a lot. And so it's not super surprising that he's uh, that his name is going to come up for, for teams to interview. Will he be the leading candidate for any of these teams? I'm not sure, but uh, that's an interesting interesting one to monitor. And uh, to answer your question before you the listeners ask out there, no, the 49ers would not get a, a draft pick compensation if Steve Wilkes was to leave because you have to be with the team for two years before uh, you can get compensation with that rule and real quick we're talking about wilkes being in consideration for teams and as a head coach and he should have been in consideration for a head coaching job last year when he took over for the carolina panthers had that team finished really strong taking over really a dumpster fire of a situation and everybody loved him there everybody really liked him and they let him go like when the 49ers got him they were getting a high level experienced coach uh, that worked the defensive side, but also, you know, had checked all the other boxes, which uh, of course he did, right? Like that's why Kyle Shanahan brought him in. Kyle and John Lynch have done an extraordinary job of identifying really good coaches, not just players, but coaches as well. Uh, so of course they go and get a guy like Wilkes and I'd imagine that it might take him one more year, but he should get another opportunity. That, that, the opportunity in Arizona, trash. They drafted Josh Rosen, had to start on a really bad team, aging Larry Fitzgerald. They didn't win, win much. And boom, they just axed him and got uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury in there. Like He didn't have much of a chance to really try to turn anything around. That's, only, that's been his Which only time. real head coaching opportunity outside of being an interim head coach for the Carolina Panthers. So this is a guy that will be a, a head coach at some point over the next couple of years. He was basically last year's Antonio Pierce and the Raiders haven't offered the job to Antonio Pierce yet. And they might make the same mistake that the Carolina Panthers did with Steve Wilkes last year. And yeah, it'd be hilarious actually if, if the Panthers requested to interview Steve Wilkes, cause they might be realizing <laughs> right now that they screwed that one up and, and the, and he'd probably say no. And the Panthers are in a spot where I think a lot of coaches might tell them no. Now, look, there's only 32 head coach jobs in the NFL, but that is not going to be coaches' first choice if they have a lot of options of which team they want to coach for. So the Carolina Panthers uh, screwing up big time over the course of the last calendar year. I think some teams are waiting to see what happens with Jim Harbaugh. And the the Raiders probably being one of those, hey, you know, Jim, you want to come here to the city that never sleeps? And, uh, okay, you don't? All right, Antonio Pierce, come on down. <laughs> like, right. We got the contract ready for you and everything. It has to be that. It has to be that, okay, look, we can, if we can land a whale, we'll do it. And then when they find out that Harbaugh goes to the Chargers or stays at Michigan or whatever it is, and then, okay, yeah, just kidding, Antonio Pierce. Yeah, you're a guy. Let's go. Let's roll. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll see what he, he feels happening. like Raiders. I mean, uh, just his vibes and the, and the way that the players have gotten behind him. And, uh, you know, he's been around coaching for a long time. Was, 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 uh, the Arizona State football team for a while under 
Herm Edwards and, uh, you know, he's been an assistant at the NFL level for several teams. You know, this isn't something new to him. Coach high school football, like, he, he, he gets it. And I think, you know, as being that former player, he understands the guys. And clearly you saw how the Raiders responded to him. And, and even getting that win the last game of the season, they went out with a bang. I, I think those guys rallied really well for Antonio Pearson. He seems like a guy that's going to, you know, just, hey, you know, he might not call the defense. He might not, he's not going to call the offense. But it, it seems like he's a guy that's going to get guys in place. And then he can just be that CEO guy. Kind of like what we've seen from Mike Tomlin over the years. A couple other ex-49ers quarterback notes that I found interesting in the last 24 hours or so. And then uh, let's check in on the All-Pros. We haven't had a chance this weekend with all the news and everything going on with the playoffs to talk 49ers All-Pros, who's in, who's out, who got snubbed. Uh, a, quite a large group of All-Pros for the San Francisco 49ers. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The NFL regular season over. Playoffs are now here, and that means it's just heating up that action on FanDuel with these NFL bets, NFL games, including the San Francisco 49ers, favored big time by two scores over the Green Bay Packers Saturday night, divisional round playoffs. And right now, new customers at FanDuel get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. App is super easy to use. Love the website interface to find all of your bets, including same game parlays. There's an entire parlay hub to find parlays, which is one of my favorite ways to bet at FanDuel parlays and draft props, which those are going to be coming more and more often as well on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is also brought to you by jace medical and the jace case and we come to talk sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life but just for a moment let's talk about preparing for real life and according to the fda pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin and maybe some other drugs that you might need for you or your family and you're separated from the medications they need because of supply chain issues or natural disasters or, or you want to be prepared for uh, a vacation, you're taking a trip, you're going to be somewhere where you won't have access to the medication you or your family might need. And that's where Jace Medical comes in. The Jace case is a five pack of or a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among many others. So all you got to do is visit jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Complete your physician visit, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on for $20 off your order. Again, that is Jace Medical, J A S E Medical.com. Two notes on former 49ers coaches. One, Caleb Williams, there was some debate and some question whether or not he was going to enter the NFL draft. And there's been talk that he's like, oh, I, I need ownership. I need part ownership stake in any of the teams that's going to draft me, which is not even legal in the CBA. So it can't happen. So I don't think that story is even correct. But as of Monday, Caleb Williams did declare for the draft. Do you know who he's been working out with to get ready for the draft crock? I do. Uh, one former 49er coach, Rich Grangarillo. That's right. Yeah. So uh, maybe a leg up in some of those Shanahan schemes that are a third of the league now is, is running that of some form of that offense around the NFL. So Scangarello is helping out Caleb Williams preparing for the NFL draft. And how about this one along with Clint Kubiak, 
the Chicago Bears are interviewing Greg Roman, which is a guy I've said that the, the Bears should have brought in two years ago when they brought in Luke Getze. That's the perfect coach. If you want to get immediate results from Justin Fields, I think Greg Roman, who's worked with Kaepernick, worked with Lamar Jackson. He was the offensive coordinator for the Ravens in Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Um, he did some work with with Tyrod Taylor back in the day in, in Buffalo. And he and when that was reported, everyone kind of laughed at it. It's like, oh my God, Greg Roman, that's not that, you know, he's getting fired from these jobs. It's like, dude, I think it's a perfect fit for Justin Fields. And and if they hire Greg Roman, Greg Roman, I think you're telling everybody that, man. We're going to trade that pick or we're going to keep Justin Fields, which would be uh, unbelievable. But uh, that's a storyline that's going to definitely continue in uh, with the Bears going to dominate some of these offseason headlines after the Super Bowl as we head toward the NFL draft with what they do. But I would love to see Roman with Fields in Chicago. I think it's a perfect fit. I think it works, you know, kind of simple concepts with the passing game, but maybe that's what Justin Fields kind of needs to start to kind of get in the groove. Obviously, he does a really good job marrying and matching the run game with the passing game and uh, do some things off that. You know, Colin Kaepernick has some really good years with Greg Roman. I think it was kind of when he's tried to expand maybe a little bit too much, get a little too cute with it. Uh, that's when things start going the wrong way. But overall, you know, we've seen how explosive uh, an offense can be with a dynamic quarterback like Justin Fields when you have Greg Roman there. All-pro time, Croc. Was Brock Purdy snubbed from the all-star team or from the uh, from the all-pro roster? 49ers had seven all-pros, two on defense, five on, uh, oh, excuse me, two, two second-team all-pros, five first-team all-pros, a number of offensive players. But I want to start with the ones on the defensive side that I was a little bit surprised by. And really, the second team all pros were the one I was most juiced up about because Brandon Ayuk and Charvarius Ward, second team all pros. And I, I didn't know if they would get the recognition of being a second team all pro. Uh, so, congrats to both of those guys for getting that recognition. And I was pleasantly surprised. You know, it was it was, it was a bummer that that Brock Purdy didn't make it over maybe a quarterback he should have. I don't think anybody should be surprised that Lamar Jackson was first team all pro uh, or that or if Lamar Jackson wins the MVP award, right? But um, Dak Prescott being the second-team quarterback, that one hurts a little bit. I think that one was deserving for Brock Purdy with the way he's played this year. Well, well, first, let's talk about the uh, you know the second-team All-Pro guy, Brandon Ayuk. And shout out to not just Brandon Ayuk, but another guy that was kind of snubbed off of the Pro Bowl list, and that was Amon Ron St. Brown, who got first-team All-Pro. So first-team All-Pro didn't make Pro Bowl list, though. And then second-team All-Pro with Brandon Ayuk, and, and he didn't make the Pro Bowl as well. It was, it was really cool to see him get recognized for how well and how consistent uh, he played this year. Leading the league in yards per reception by a large margin. Did not get the same type of targets as a lot of the other guys that made the All-Pro list, but I think they recognize how well he did uh, even while not having as many targets as some of the other guys. Uh, Brett Purdy being snubbed, that was tough, you know, and I, I knew it would come down to, you know, three quarterbacks, uh, you know, Dak Prescott uh, and, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, and then next up, Brock Purdy, and it kind of went in the order that I expected in the sense of the voting, and uh, luckily they did the voting before they got a chance to watch sure. Dak Prescott in the postseason. But, you know, leading the league in touchdown passes, his completion percentage and some of the efficiency numbers with him were right up there uh, with Brock, you know, 
they ended up as a team having the same record as the Niners, even though Brock didn't play in that last game. But I, I could understand why it was that way. I knew it was a coin flip of which one. And uh, I was talking to some people on social media. I was like, I, I think Dak's going to get second team all pro. And, and Brock, he might have to just wait maybe one more year. Do it again. I don't think he'll be left off next year at all. A lot of time, especially with like offensive linemen and some some positions like that, the recognition comes a year later just because it takes a, people a while to get to wrap their heads around, you know, how good a player is and 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 get the name out there. Um, uh, Nick Bosa, to me, not a snub as good as Nick Bosa was. And if he was voted in, he would be deserving. But the guys that were first and second teamers, I mean, the edge position is stacked in the NFL. So, I, like, I can't argue with Miles Garrett and TJ Watt as first teamers and Micah Parsons and Max Crosby. The, like, those guys had phenomenal seasons, too. So you could argue that Nick Bosa deserved to be there, but I think those guys were just as deserving. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about Nick Bosa, and it, it is tough. Just the way everything is right now with these edge rushers, you have some terrific guys. And almost like the quarterback position where you knew, ah, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, like one of these guys is going to get left off. That was how I felt with the edge position uh, with Nick Bosa. You, you look at the guys who got it, Miles Garrett, who they believe he's right now the front runner for defensive MVP. And then you have Michael Parsons. He had a really big year. You look at what uh, uh, Max Crosby, you know, what he did. T.J. Watt. I mean, T.J. Watt, I want to say he led the NFL in sacks. So I, I think those four guys were very deservedly so uh, right to be on that all-pro team. But, yeah, dang, you know, we know what Nick Bosa means to the San Francisco 49ers defense and really just kind of, you know, how big of an impact he has but those guys have big impacts for their teams as well. And uh, just wasn't Nick Bosa's year. And it's crazy because the 49ers already had seven guys on the All Pro. You know, five first teamers and two second teamers. And they could have had two more very easily and probably should have had at least one more in Brock Purdy. Uh, but congrats to those. We mentioned the second teamers, Ayuk and, uh, and Charverius Ward. And then the first teamers, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Trent Williams, Fred Warner, Kyle Juszczyk, and George Kittle. All extremely deserving from the San Francisco 49ers. You know who deserves an all-pro is Kyle's wife, Kristen Juszczyk, too, with her. Like, she's she's going to get it some kind of a deal, right? With a big, a big uh, apparel company because, like, you're, you're outfitting Taylor Swift in a playoff game. You know, like, there's a lot of eyeballs on that. And, like, the it, my favorite one was the one that Debo was rocking with, with Brock Purdy, and it said MVP all over it. <laughs> so uh, phenomenal week for for Kristen Yuzchek. Phenomenal season for Kristen Yuzchek. Yeah. So the Debo Samuel one, when I found out she made it, that was the one that kind of like you know got me on the radar. And then you go to her Instagram page, and really what she does is like game day fits, and she styles them. Really does everything: cut, sew, stitch, everything that you can do uh, to create clothing. She does it, and she does an amazing job creating pretty much something out of nothing. It could be jeans and then she knows how to make it into boots. It's a terrific stuff. I mean, I got caught scrolling through her Instagram for about 20 minutes, just looking at all the little different styles and how she puts certain things together. Uh, seeing that she did a puff coat, almost similar to the Debo Samuel one. She did one for Simone Biles, uh, the Olympic star. And, uh, you know, her husband plays for the Green Bay Packers, plays safety uh, for them, but did a terrific one for her and put like the Olympic stuff inside customized it. Oh man, she did a lot of amazing stuff and um, a lot of stuff for Brittany Mahomes. 
She's now she that coach she did for Taylor Swift had the same one for Brittany Mahomes. She's made pants for Brittany Mahomes. She's done an amazing job and amazing job by Kyle Yuschek being the great husband that he is going uh, under all the comments from the people that did the, you know, the, the post about what she was doing and crediting her and then kind of rooting her on. So I thought that was really cool to see uh, Kyle come through for that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. 49ers family, the, uh, the, the way they like Kyle Juszczyk blocking for everybody, right. Blocking for his wife, but they, they, they play hard for each other. It's a, it's a family with the 49ers. Fantastic stuff there. Um, as uh, many people have mentioned though, in the chat, all right, it's time to focus on those Green Bay Packers Saturday night. Uh, CSL says, can't wait for the Crocky and Peacock keys to the Packers game. It will be coming. We got Peter Bukowski, the host of Locked on Packers, on the Thursday crossover, Winky Wednesday, and, of course, everybody's favorite. Up, uh, to end the week as well, getting ready for playoff football. I can't wait. Croc and I will be here with you every step of the way, and we'll talk to you then right here. Locked on 49ers. A lot of boo-hoos. 